Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome <laughs> to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Little John, and we have got, uh, a f- well, there's three of us in studio today, all appropriately socially distanced and minding our P's and Q's. Uh, joining me today, as always, is Katie Shook. All right, but also one of our favorite attorneys, color commentators, and all around great guy, Derek Simmons from Simmons Law. I almost si- said- wait, wait, from where? That's right, Simmons Law PC. I know. I feel like that in your best DJ was Simmons Law PC. Simmons Law PC. <laughs> yeah. Now it's officially named after you. <laughs> right. So uh, we, we we're not we're not speaking about uh, anything other than congratulations. It's a new year, and I I know you have been on the show since that went official, but uh, you know, so you've you've got. You've got the letterhead and the logos and cool shirts with logos on them. I've got a sword in my office. So we what? It is that right, much fun. Katie, we need a sword. No, you will play with it, and it will damage things in the office. And, no. And? I'm waiting for the part where we don't get the sword. Yeah. I gave you nunchucks. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, I did nunchucks. make sure they were padded, okay, but we did they, give you ninja she, nunchucks. I did get nunchucks. That is true. <laughs> so... I mean, in the the game of escalation, though. (laughs) (laughs) And you do have an airplane propeller in your office. So there's you're starting to find that the miscellaneous zone is becoming a big portion of the office. I don't know if anybody else does this but me. But I so this is my excuse for being a natural hoarder, but trying not to be a hoarder is okay so i keep certain things around because they're really key instruments so like the airplane propeller is has a cool story yeah it's one of the greatest failures of my life and yet it is a fantastic story and one of the greatest educations i've ever received oh there you go right I don't know that that's forward. an ah, but well, no, but I mean it's significant. It's significant, and if well, it's and I was just gonna say that the sword is just fun to swing, so that's and it looks cool. It that does. I could see you just channeling your inner twelve-year-old boy, oh, and yeah. being like, "We're having a sword." Is, is that how like, Conan the attorney? <laughs> how many times am I gonna have the chance to buy a tax-deductible sword? Just once, as far as I know. So my question is, no, no, can you, uh, no, you no, know, no. personal security device. I think that's an annual thing. <laughs> and it is. And I was thinking, what happens if you have like dueling, comp- like dueling people in there? Like you should actually have two swords. I, I feel like everybody in the office needs it, a sword. It, it, so it, there is a secret second sword, but it is a plastic one that I acquired at Halloween. So I'll give that one to my opposing party, whoever ah, it is who wants to argue. Well, I wasn't thinking you fighting. I was thinking, oh. what about if you had like... Minions with swords. Well, I was thinking more like a husband and wife in your office who weren't getting along over whatever contract you were drawing up. And maybe that was going to turn into the duel. This just turned into, (laughs) that just rode out to Bad Idea Island and it's staying there. (laughs) Don't do that, Derek. But that was my justification for having two swords in the office. You can't have a fair fight if you only have one. We're going to have to work on your rationalization (laughs) skills here. That's perfectly (laughs) rational. Why? You don't sword fight with your wife? Come on, this isn't that's a thing. A, that's a negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh. All right, look. So we're going to talk true wealth today. And we're going to talk about it in an interesting context. And this is one that is quite near and dear to my heart, believe it or not. It's a term that I use all the time, probably overuse it in our office and no, with our clients. Not overused. But And it's, it's, a, it's a relatively broad term, but I think it's super important and super relevant right now. And that theme is 
expectation management. Okay, now the first thing that comes to mind, I'm going to do the lightning round. Okay, so Derek, first thing that comes to mind with expectation management. Uh, under promise and overperform. Under promise and overperform. Okay, that's a different, yeah. Well, it's kind of the same thing. So you manage expectations by saying, uh, I, I can have this done next week. And then they expect it next week and I get it to them early next week or possibly even over the weekend. So I've managed expectations. Oh, I thought you were going to say like tomorrow. <laughs> so that they've been exceeded by by performing. So under promise and over deliver versus over promise and under deliver. Right. Okay. Okay. So reverse. And, reverse. and I think that that's a it's, a it's also a great example of exactly how one can go about expectation management. Katie, expe what do you think? Expectation management. To me, it means clearly defining what my role is in whatever the situation is or what I plan to do about it, right? Not making assumptions, but saying, okay, well, these are the steps I'm going to take. Does this sound right to you? And making sure that whoever the other party across from me or on the phone is understands what I'm going to do. Because I think sometimes there's assumptions that are built into conversations. And if we don't clarify those, then all of a sudden it was like, well, I thought you were going to do that. Well, I thought you were going to do that. So mm -hmm. clarifying what the rules are of engagement. And I think you're both right. Good job. Yay. Right. Where's, the, where's the bell? Know, ding, let's ding, take ding, a break. Ding, no, ding. let's not. Um, <laughs> so, no, I think you're both right. I think there's. it's very important that there is clarity in communication. But also, when I say the expectation, it's people, it's when you want, when you think an outcome's going to happen. Does it happen as expected or better than expected? Because the problem is when you don't meet the expectation, what happens? Right? People are disappointed or yeah. mad or, or, hurt, or a whole or host of it. Yeah, but although but, you missed out on one key term though. Not only what was expected, when it was expected, but in the time frame that it was expected in. Right? Like if you still meet the expectation as far as like you still get the job done great, but you took three weeks longer to do it than you than the person thought they're did, still not did, happy did you meet the expectation i don't know so i would say you no. didn't mention time though well and so, i within the time frame that see, people this have a, agreed upon a perfect example right now on the radio happening is you know katie's saying well what about these other terms and i guess from a, a higher level perspective it's like well all of that needs to be resolved in order to understand the expectation right. in order to meet it, right? Right. So, and, and Derek, I like your, the simple approach is like, well, figure out what the, the, the minimum standard is and then exceed that. But I think another aspect of that is when I am in a meeting, I will get to the end and I'll say, here's the jobs I have. Yes. And I read them to the other person and then they agree with them or we tweak them and then I say anything else. And so we make sure that we've got, come out of, come out of that with a cogent list of, tasks that need to be performed in a timeline for them. Right. And so this is, and what you're seeing, you're hearing right now is this is a framework for professional expectations, right? When you're, if you uh, engage a professional for services, then you define the scope of the work that's going to be done. And that scope can include things like, what is it you're doing? When is it going to be done by? What will it cost you? What other stuff isn't included that, so that you know that's important too to know what you're getting but maybe what you're not getting you know and so defining those terms and then everybody having agreement and then following through and executing as everybody planned right because when you don't follow through that's when the expectation breaks so here's my challenge 
and where I think there's a lot of interesting elements here. What other areas of life outside of a professional engagement do we set expectations? Oh, on our children. Constantly. Yeah, on our children. Children is the top one. Okay. And I would say children think that parents, they have their own rationale of what they think our expectations are of them. Right, like ah, what? you sn- oh, you got there so early. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, like well, right out of the gate because the thing is, we expect things of other people, but oftentimes we make assumptions about their expectations of us too. Right, like I don't right? know if, if your kids have ever expressed that to you, Derek or David, but mine have. They said, "Well, you expect me to get A's," and I said, "Well, I don't expect you to get A's. I expect you to try your best." But how people? Oh, you're you're so much nicer. I expect A's. <laughs> I really do expect A's. But but I also understand that every child has their limitations in certain subjects, and I expect them to try their best, right? And it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's an A. But sometimes it's the other problem where they're getting an A, but they're still not doing their best. Right. And then I have to explain to them: your job is to dominate this assignment, not just <laughs> complete it. I love <laughs> annihilate the assignment. <laughs> not my, just... our. Uh, <laughs> Our attorney poet. I love it. Because, uh, you know, the word choice is really great there. You know, it's just, just dominate that expectation. And it's it's true, right? But the reason I bring this up is because I think there's a lot of things that go assumed. And the assumptions and expectations can be really dangerous. Right. Right? Because when you start making assumptions, what are you doing? You're passing the blame to someone else. Or it's a lot of projection. Right. Right now, I'm not, Katie, you're actually more educated on this than I am. I am not educated in psychology and so forth. But one of the terms, as I understand it, is projection is when you have an expectation or an emotion and then you sort of assign it to somebody else, assuming they're processing the same way that you are. Or yeah. because that is your emotion, you're, it's like if you're angry, you just tell somebody else, well, you're just angry. It's like, well, no, really, you're the angry one, but you're assigning the anger to somebody else, so it's not your fault. <laughs> right. Well, and, and so speaking of psychology, one of the things that we do project a lot onto other people is our love language. Like, we've talked about the love languages before on the radio, but we assume that other people, if, if that's our love language, then we assume that other people, that's their love language, too. And that's how they receive things, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, you're just putting yourself in their, you're putting them in your shoes. Ah, right. Yes, I very really, well said, that is, that is a great way. So we do that a lot, right? I mean, I, I do that a lot. You put yourself, put somebody else in your shoes. We do it through assumptions. So I want to unpack this a little bit, and then I want to talk about where does this fall for us as investors, especially in light of uh, with without I don't know how you don't bring up some of the political aspects of what's going on in the world today, but it's having a significant impact on what people believe or fear or think or whatever you may want to call it. But it's all about what do you expect from your investments right now and your future. But we got to take a break, right? So what I would do, let's do that. Let's grab a break and when we come back, all of this expectation management, all these assumptions, all these shoes and footprints and wherever you're standing, we got to unpack it a little bit because I want to I figure out how we can help you make better decisions going into 2021. 
But yeah, we got to take the break first. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Derek Simmons. We got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show, where uh, this has got to be the greatest Tuesday you've had all week. I mean, stoked to have you joining us. I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn. And uh, I'm going to remind you, if you were just tuning in, we got a handful in the studio today, and we are covering expectation management. If you want to know more about it, you got to check out the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you figured it out already. But for the rest of you, like, tell your friends. You go to what, littlejohnfs.com, right? And there's it's broken down. You can look under the educate section, and under educate, you're going to see the podcast and some of our other YouTube and all that hoopla. But you're going to see the podcast, so you can you know get, you don't have to miss anything, and neither do your buddies, right? So share it and help us spread the word. Okay, looking forward, it's 2021, uh, which is already we I I warned people about this, right? I, everybody's like, oh, I can't wait to get through 2020. And I said, do not taunt 2021. Someone already put like, so I tried the seven day trial. Can I get my refund now? Yeah, <laughs> Can I just yeah. move to 2020? I've just been saying, don't taunt it. <laughs> yeah, right. It reminds me bear. like Saturday Night Live years ago. Don't taunt Happy Fun Ball. Oh. Right. It was the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, one. it was the advertisement for a ball that was like. It, every kind of disclaimer that you can have, legal disclaimer, it's like, it's going to make your kids glow in the dark. You may develop a third arm. You may do all these other things. And one of them was, do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. Aww. I'm like, do not taunt 2021. <laughs> it, it will, what we're, it's like, it literally is like, you know, here, hold my beer. Like, oh man. So uh, Katie, yes, we're looking forward. We're 12 days deep into this thing I so know. we've only got 353 days to go right <laughs> that's it that's it we can do this strap in what are your expectations for 2021 oh okay you're gonna pick on me first i derek and i were rochambeauing for it and he, he kind of went not it so we um, needed to manage some expectations about who was going to go first I know. And, and derek really set well. them immediately derek set them you're up and i was like ah oh, i got teed up <laughs> Um, I on it. So I don't expect the pandemic to end this year. I I expect to kind of keep rolling forward with it. I think that there, um, there may be some lightning of restrictions depending on the vaccine, but I I kind of don't expect it to go away. Um, I expect the markets to climb a little higher. So okay. uh, two totally different things. Mm -hmm. Um, did you set any goals for yourself personally? No, because I have not had free time to think about them, and I thought today. I need to do that. It's it's looming over my head that I need to do that. But no, I have not done it yet. This is this is my um, boss slash buddy slash everybody listening. Pay attention. Set some goals. You need to. And by the way, I do better when I have them. And and I've talked about and you write them, them down. And you write them down. I I actually print them on my computer. I save them on my computer. I laminate them. I stick them on my bathroom mirror so that I look at them every day to be reminded. And it does help keep you focused. And I will tell you, I felt a lot less focused last year without those goals standing up there. And I'm mad that I didn't do them and I, I need to get it done. But here's the magic. So I will, you can manage my expectations. I will have you, I would love for you to hold me accountable to that and bug me until I get them okay, done. Okay, so like every Tuesday on the show, we taunt you until you say it's done? Yes. Okay, you guys, you all it's heard it. Effective. I agree, yeah, because okay, I don't so like you, to be taunted, you so just, I will make sure they get done. Yeah, you can't <laughs> taunt 2021, but Katie's fair game. But I'm fair game, yeah. Okay. Get my goals done. So, and and I encourage everybody, here's the trick. There's two things about goals. When it, So these are expectations for yourself, 
Right. Okay. Don't bother putting it down if you don't expect yourself to do it. Right. There's no purpose in that. So figure out what you really want. And then when you write it down, it's a commitment. Here's the other thing. It's actually okay to let something go if it's no longer important to you. If you discover that this is a goal that I thought I wanted, but I don't, then stop. But don't stop having goals. Stop having goals that are misaligned. Yes. Okay. If it's not aligned with your values and what you want to see happen. Now, I'm going to unpack this a little bit further, but before I do, Derek, what do you expect for 2021? Well, it's interesting. In my business, I, uh, I'm i establishing a baseline because I've never had my own firm before. And so I'm going to discover how that works. I don't have great goals for it other than don't lose money. That's, yeah, that's, that's noble. I mean, yeah. And that's a standard one. Um, I, I would say my primary goal this year is to remember to relax. I tend to be pretty pretty goal driven on everything. And because it's everything, it's not a list. It's mm-hmm. just a task in front of me, complete the task in front of me, move on to the next one. Ah, and what I need to work checker. on, what I need to work on is uh, taking some time to relax, to not be working on the goals, oddly enough. So how would a goal of relaxation, does that mean like I'm going to take 20 minutes a day to like sit calmly in a chair and listen to Zen music? I couldn't possibly do that. No, I agree. But I think it's some long hikes. I'm going to put the one minute breathing app on my phone so that I can sit quietly and breathe for a minute. I don't want more apps. I'm deleting apps. <laughs> yeah, but that's... but I think I think building in some some time where I plan to be not in the office and doing things with people that I love, I think is going to be probably my top goal. I think also in expectations of the year, I think that we are going to see a a tremendous improvement between now and say October to where uh, restrictions restrictions ease way off. Okay. I hope so. And the pandemic is largely, I'm knocking on wood here, largely Mm -hmm. behind us. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we're going to be. But I'm an optimist. So maybe, maybe I'm too optimistic. And I like that. I like what you're saying. I mean, I wasn't saying like it's going to be bad. I was just saying I don't think it's going to be over. over. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be over by last August. Like I I would have had to place a bet at the beginning of the year. I'd been like, eh, yeah. by the end of summer, it'll be done. And then August rolled around and I went, nope, they're still shutting stuff down. So I just don't know how to play that field. Right. It's a whole sure. new game to me. And I don't feel like I have the instructions. Well, that's OK. That's OK. Here's I, I'll and I'll explain why momentarily. Uh, I, I'm getting, I'm pointing a few things out because I want everybody listening to understand. Now, no, this is not psychoanalysis of Derek and Katie. That's not the point, nor is it to put you all to sleep out there. I want you thinking about this personally. I want you to think about your expectations and you know what's going on. Now, I want you to think about that first. And one of the comments, so, so Derek, I, what I appreciate about what you said is, first of all, there's some real intentionality in what you're trying to do. Even if you don't know how to do it, being aware and sort of present immediately shifts something, right? There's something I'm saying like, hey, I'm pretty wound. And one of my goals is to not be this. Yes. If I can make it possible to check a box as I relax, <laughs> that serves both purposes. It it plays right into my psychological Right, but some makeup. of it's also do things that are relaxing. Yeah. And that will help. So that but but everybody listening just understand it's not necessary some of this is about the journey right uh we talk about goal setting and what happens with goal setting is it is box driven like you're going to check a box because you're supposed to be able to measure it and make sure all these things can happen and then you get along and you have a, a goal that's an amorphous one that's really tricky i did this a few years ago it was 
funny but important at the time. And it was view the world as the glass half full. Which is really hard to measure. Yeah, I don't know how you measure it. It's kind of like, hey, relax. Yeah. Right? And you just I look at somebody time go, management. Yeah. Okay, what's the plan for that? I don't know. I just want to be able to have more time. It's like, it, what are it you was winning? really saying is, <laughs> I want to change try, my mindset. Try to be present and aware of what you're doing. And if there's a behavior you're not, uh, you, that you don't want, seek to change it. Be the change. Okay, and that's that was part of it. Now. Here's the next component to what's going on here. And Katie, you're a really, it's very, a good illustration because the way you describe this, like you can't really tell on the pandemic what's going to happen. None of us can. No. Right? Being optimistic, pessimistic, realistic, thisistic, whatever. Uh, that's a fictional word, by the way. Uh, <laughs> is, it's not which-istic are you. It's how much of this is outside of your control and how much of it are expectations that you would project on something else. So we do project expectations because whether you believe masks help or believe they don't, right? Usually people are kind of in one camp or the other, and I'm not clarifying that at all on this radio show. Sure. You do project that other people are like you. Like if you believe that way, then everybody else should, right? And and not that we, I think in essence, believe that at our heart, but we do tend to project that on other people. Or we are very aware to not project that on other people and try to be mindful of our surroundings, of people in the room. I'm kind of, now I feel like I'm speaking in code. But, like, so if you're, <laughs> <laughs> did you follow that train of thought? Because it left and went sideways. Okay, so if you if you are a mask wearer, then you want everybody to be a mask wearer. And when people aren't, you're wondering why they you, don't You believe. project onto them your expectation yeah, that they disagree. Yeah, of, of what Correct. society should do. Thank you. Yes, and it's back to the, you assume they are standing in your shoes. Right. Okay, now this, I'm going to offer, like, a little, like, tidbit. Okay, I just need to stop saying like. I sound very Valley, California on, or whatever. Valley girl. <laughs> I want to offer just some insight into one of these expectation management issues with other people. But I'm going to make you wait until after the break. It's, all right, am I? I'm waiting for the music. Yeah. So what are, you, what, what, well, what are we no. going to talk about after the break? No, they're not even going to catch it. So our engineers asleep at the switch. I love it when this happens. It shows up great on the podcast. Lots by the way, of train too. analogies. <laughs> he's, he's not even so he's not even in the booth. Yeah, your right. expectations. At this babe. point, my expectation. This was an example of when it wasn't met. So I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, and we'll try to invent another tease for a different break. So here's the challenge. Okay, when you start pushing an expectation on other people, and then you assume an intent. Okay. Now, I believe that the assumption of intent is one of the most dangerous elements that we're dealing with. How many of you guys, I, well, I, I know you have, but for our listeners, there's a term that's sort of gaining traction in our culture called tribalism. Have, oh, you, heard, have you heard of this term? I have heard the term. I haven't heard it used applied to our uh, Not outside of Survivor. Culture. Okay, so, so this this so Malcolm Gladwell is an author. He wrote a number of right. books, and I I forget the name of the the the, the reference to tribalism. Somebody's probably going to text me later and be like, "It was this," but he's written a number of like you know Blink and so forth. That these are all uh, how you have you trigger a point at which a 
something changes culturally, and one of them is about tribalism. It's the idea that people will it, – it's almost a political science element. People align with folks that have similar values. So they'll distill a complicated issue down to something that is – it appears less complicated and then sort of draw lines for their team based. Oh, on yeah. It. So this is the standard production where you say you're just and then they they name the one motivation that they assume you're acting on. Yes. Well, it's also why uh, when you talk about and again, I when I, I'm going to talk about politics, but it's generic. This isn't about trying to pick a side. It's trying to explain how if somebody's trying to get you to vote for them. What they will often do is pick a few key polarizing topics and they'll mix them up, right? So I'm pro this, but against that. And they do a few of them knowing that one of those is going to resonate with you and you're going to go, yeah, I'm on the team that believes in this. And if you don't believe that, I can't vote for you. Right. And so that's, found your that, hot button. that's your trigger, right? And so now they can say, aha, you're in this tribe. And for me to get that tribe's vote, I triangulate by getting my position to here. But I know other things won't push you off the edge and I'll lose your vote for it. So they'll do other things to get other tribe members and they're just trying to get as big a group as possible. That's actually part of political science and how they're trying to position themselves to attract voters. Welcome Facebook century into this whole dilemma. <laughs> well, I mean, Facebook's a whole nother animal. It's totally relevant. Uh, this one, I'm hoping we have an engineer at the switch because Facebook and what's happening, super important that you understand the key. Can you, can we take a break? We'll say we can. So there it is. So if you want to know, I have it's a, a real, show, I have an important thing to think about with social media right now and what's going on, how it's helping shape tribalism, but where expectation management plays in. And then I'm literally going to tie it back into our investments. We as a group. So, but but we'll, we'll take the break. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn, and Katie Shuck, and Derek Simmons, and we're going to manage your expectations right after this break. We'll be right back. Hey gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. In studio with me today is Katie Shuck and Derek Simmons, your favorite attorney. Yes, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and what law don't you practice? Domestic relations. Okay. And <laughs> bankruptcy and criminal law. None of those sound like fun. Yeah. How about patents? No, I refer people to patents. You have to have a science background. Ah. And my science extends as far as meteorology in college, but, okay. but, but not any further than that. So unless if you're doing something with meteors, those that's right. Don't. That's right. <laughs> meteorology. Yeah. I think that's gotta be one of the, the best jobs ever. It's like being a meteorologist uh, seems kind of like being an economist. It's like, well, you try to be right, but you know, well, as you can, can see you on the screen screen that I can't see, uh, yeah. things are going to happen over here in this the direction. The models project this until they're wrong. Yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> So, um, hey, when we last left our uh, heroes in distress at the break, I wanted to talk about social media. Now, probably not what you think. I'm not going to bring up the I realize there's some real discussion about like censorship and some other issues. I don't know how to tackle those because I don't have a tremendous amount of information. Uh, I'll just acknowledge it simply as. It, it, yes, I understand why groups could genuinely be concerned about that if it's going on, it, it, whether, but I, I don't know how to tackle it on this show. Okay, like I'm literally just like, I'm going to punt on this one. But I am going to talk about the
the concept of clickbait and how this can be really dangerous about expectations. Right. Right. So first, for my listeners, I wish you could I wish I could see you to, to understand. I, since I'm not certain you know what clickbait is, let's define it briefly. So what so is clickbait? Isn't it when there's a headline that they're trying to get your attention to lead you to an article or some kind of information that they think will confirm a bias that you have? Well, the idea is, I, I think of it as a headline or photo, usually a headline and a photo that are designed to get you to click on it to see what they're talking about. Because if they make some sort of a bold statement there, then you go, oh, that can't be true or that's definitely true. But usually, oh, that's even better than I thought it was. And then you click on it to go see what's there. Now, the reason it's bait is because that headline is designed to get you to go to uh, an article that includes advertisements and it's the advertisements that want your eyes. Yes. And that's literally how people get paid. Right. In, in advertising. Um, so if, if a, somebody needs to get their online ad in front of an audience, like, so this is part of what Facebook does, right? Facebook learns about you. They learn about your preferences. They know your age. Oh, they, they know got the my stuff. number. They know yeah. what you're looking for. And so they, they talk about big data, right? But they learn about you so that advertisers know how to craft a message to reach you. Right. And then clickbait is all about getting you to click on something because part of what generates revenue, ad revenue, is the clicks, right? Like Facebook, if you put an ad on Facebook, they can charge the ad placer more if you click the ad. Right. A view is different than a click. Right. Right. The click is an action and that costs more. And so they can generate money. So they want you to click. Right. So they try to sort of attract you or incent you or goad you or whatever you want to call entice. it. They are definitely trying Very to entice word, you entice. to click. Yes. So that's what clickbait does. But here's the thing. How often is clickbait accurate? Oh, I always get mad when I do it because I want to know. And then I click on it and I'm like, ah. I don't. I, I give myself a little pat on the back every time I don't click on clickbait. <laughs> so yeah. I've missed out on a lot of very exciting stories, right. I'm sure of it. Well, I mean, I've clicked on clickbait before I've been tricked, right? I mean, there's nothing that makes you feel quite so irritated. Like, great, you fooled me. Or, oh, come learn these uh, six tax tips or whatever. And then they're not tips at all. It's garbage. And then it's like, if you want the real tips, yeah. give us your email. It's and mediocre like, tip, mediocre tip, mediocre tip, advertisement for their particular brand of tip, mediocre tip. Correct. And so this is a formula designed to try to attract leads, okay? So that they can then try to convert you to customers. It's an online pro protocol, if you will. Here's the danger, okay? clickbait or it often shows up also in the in some of our more mainstream media sources they have a headline that is that you want to learn about so they'll oftentimes pick a political side oh, and, I was gonna say, and tons of clickbait has been around the election right like so, biden this or bush and, or and you know, not bush trump this and it it happens with big players too here's the thing i mean you can go look at larger sort of known and documented media sources and they'll have a headline that says you know politician does this inflammatory thing and you're like i want to know because i hate them or i want to know because i don't hate them so you click on it and then you dig deeper into the material well it's all about enticing you to read it the problem is when you take things 
and blow them out of proportion as they used to say like this is how rumors get started <laughs> right and it's also what it does is it can magnify the wrong expectation or an inaccurate expectation or maybe the most important is a very improbable expectation okay because this is the numbers i mean katie how many people have asked us if we think the stock market's going to crash oh daily yeah daily i mean all the time actually and i would say the number one question that we get daily is hmm. how is the stock market going to fluctuate or change based on a new administration yeah i mean like oh and, and here i gotta tell Along everybody if you're asking that question right now do you think that it's going to catch the market by surprise that Biden's going to be the next president? I know. I think the best explanation I heard you say was that, um, you know, the market already priced in a Biden win. And if Trump won, then it was business as usual. Like there wasn't any downside yeah, we, necessarily we to the market. We said this a while ago. We said, oh, like, you were saying this I don't in think like the October. market cares that, who wins. Yeah. It already has the expectation. What it wants to know is, do we get more stimulus and are we going to shift tax policy around and it's going to change future corporate earnings right that's what the market's handicapping right and then people are like well what about the the capital riots or what you know and or the insurrection or the patriot guard or whatever your team was right we're right back to right tribalism but i'm wondering why they think of the markets is a an emotional person well, we're treating it like an, we're exp putting our expectations on the market uh -huh. as if they're emotional. Are we like projecting, we are. Katie? Is we that what are we're doing? projecting. Uh -huh. <laughs> Where's the spoon? Right? Oh. I mean, like, so, and I, uh, yay, I've effectively <laughs> led the witness to this whole song and dance is like, you know, clickbait, colors, opinions, gets people thinking. Because here's my question, okay, in the, in the most radical of, um, leftist circles, it's as if it's a bunch of anarchists and Marxists. That's what the right believes of them. And and the radical, the people that believe the, the radical right is that it's is a bunch of white supremacists that want to uh, or, or, like bring back slavery. Right, and inoculate the world. And, and I gotta tell you, there are those people on either extreme, they do exist. Isn't that kind of like the bell curve though? It's like well, the majority yeah, of the just people are at the top of the many. bell and then, then there's like these really weird outliers that are at the tip of the bell, but the edge of the bell is really skinny. And, 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 right. I'll, and I'll just call it like I see it too. Those people, there's something broken. Like they, that sucks. If you think you should, if you're a white supremacist and you think we should bring back slavery, man, take a boat out to nowhere. Like like there's there's not a place for you in civilized culture. Like you're just missing it. So I'll just say it, but also if you want straight up anarchy and survival of the fittest, you're giving away the store for everybody else. And Stop that's a watching fool's zombie errand. shows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're, you're just missing it. If you're somewhere in the middle saying, I don't feel like the other side gets me, they may not, but assuming they don't and assuming they're unwilling to have a conversation, well, that's what makes for great clickbait and great use of that. That's how social media kind of finds you and then advertises it to thrives you. on drama it absolutely does and I, I i would love to see a political world where people got up and said you know the other guy's a good guy he's trying to do the right thing i disagree about how to get there yeah but he's trying to do the right thing yeah and you what? just never like hear fair? that you just never hear that because that does not you know anger propels people more than um feeling good about each other oh and this so 
you've hit on another one that I am so stoked that you brought up. Uh, so let's do this. I want. Will you remember the anger comment? Probably not. But okay. Katie will. She's really good. Okay, at that. so do that, and we'll take our last break because that anger thing is super important for expectation management. Dude, you're putting so, expectations on me. I'm, I and I'm pointing in the studio. It's serious, but we got to take a break. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back. Home stretch of the True Wealth Show, where we shamelessly plug our business also. Uh, reminder, if you're just joining us, we will be on podcast tomorrow. They can get it at? LittleJohnFS.com. Under the Educate section. And this is also where if you are overwhelmed, terrified, or otherwise freaking out about markets, taxes, and so forth, then there's really simple advice I will offer, Okay call your professional yeah get a co-pilot okay <laughs> you need a wingman if you're emotionally compromised in your decisions you need a wingman okay and if you don't have one how can they call us there you go 541-375-0898 or you can reach out on social media okay so derek you brought up a really great point right before the break and it we were talking about expectations and we were talking about clickbait and you said I said something to the effect that anger is going to drive you to action or fear is going to drive you to action much faster than being a nice person. Exactly. And so when you think about social media, what gets you fired up and what does somebody like people get in arguments all the time. Right. And they stop being civil. Even they start saying things like, I wonder, would you really say that to somebody's face? Mm. Would you say it in all caps, which is yelling? Mm. Right. So people that say, like, I didn't know I was yelling. It's like, yeah, you did. And if you didn't, get off the Internet. <laughs> there should be a sarcasm font. I know that. We need a sarcasm font. But still. It's italics. <laughs> so here's the what, well, I think the anger thing is really important. But Derek. you've you've said multiple times on this show that emotion will override your logic center. Right. Like if you're emotional, then you can't be logical. And it's a and it's a well, physical, so, yeah, it's it, a psychological it, thing. I mean, it's you know, it's well, the fight it, or flight it, mechanism that yeah, we have. Yeah, it's a it's a mechanical response. Like when you get stressed enough, stress hormones will actually shift your decision making from a logic assessment to a danger protocol, where you're saying, "I better get into more of a fight or flight." And by the way, you can be in a stress environment that can be extended. It's not just like an emergency situation. If you're under a lot of stress at work all the time, you find yourself going home and kicking the dog, like you're there. You're not processing with logic. You're so afraid that you're just at this point where you're making rough decisions. And the, the toughie is the COVID environment has pushed a lot of people there. Right. right. A lot of people, mental health is a real consideration now. Well, and it's and it's a little bit like the frog in the boiling water, right? Like sometimes it just gets turned up over time and you don't realize that now you're stuck there. And you, but you've been there for a while and you don't get it because you've been in that toxic environment for so long or that emotional environment for so long that it feels normal and you think you're OK when you're not. Yeah. And, and I'm not qualified to make the assessment there. I can just tell you that mechanically when you reach the tipping point and you have too much stress you will stop doing a normal logic flow 
unless you have trained otherwise. Okay, like I always I use this example, like firefighters run into the burning house. Not a normal flight or flight response, right? No. Danger, Will Robinson. Well, we better go there. It's like nobody <laughs> no. normally does that if your mechanisms are functioning properly. Which is why they train constantly to override those mechanisms. So, so you know who does that? Firefighters. <laughs> no, without training, sociopaths. Oh. <laughs> People that are disassociative from their emotions. Sociopath, by the way, doesn't mean murderer. Okay, it means that they don't process emotions like most people do. So it's a bell curve of how you behave, right? Well, if you think about it, Derek, your point of like anger and fear, what's it really doing? I'm I'm still trying to process. I think Frog in the Water would be a great name for a band. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I, I got stuck. And there, the but, train went left again. But but remind me, what what well, was it? I was so the, the issue has to do with. When, if you can, if if somebody can make you angry online, you actually become more predictable, not less. Right. Because you go from a logic flow where you can have lots of different pathways of decision to more of a, for lack of a better descriptor, let's just call it a panic response or a stress response. And you take fewer options, right? I got 30 different pathways I could take from here and I'm going to only work with three. You go hard right or hard left instead of just a, an angled... It's a little bit of a mod minor modification, of course. Well, see, and I look at it like almost like a funnel, right? Like they start out wide and they got you into the funnel. And now you're just ping-ponging back and forth until you're narrowed into the decision that they may have wanted you to do. Maybe. But the, my larger point is simply that when agitated, right, it's let's let's get you to more binary decisions, right? It works for political science. It works for online advertising. That's, that's much of what's going on. And so if you find yourself listening right now, I hope that what you're doing is calmly listening and not building a case in your mind for why I'm wrong, <laughs> right? Because if, if you get mad about it, then you're like, I'm not processing this data anymore. I just want to be right or wrong, right? It's either you're on the team and you're like, I agree with what he says, right? Or you're like, this guy's awful. And at which point you will build the case out of anger for all the reasons. And, you know, you kind of shut all the other information out. Again, where are your expectations and what are you projecting and you know what what do you expect of you what do you expect of other people well and be careful who's letting down whom right right it will be careful of confirmation bias right you've talked about that too it's like well be careful about seeking out data that says well i know i'm right so see here's the data that says i'm right yeah and that's that's a whole nother kettle of fish than i think we have time for today but it's absolutely accurate is that kettle well, of fish yeah, it's an expression. You know, it's you just it's it's. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with huh? it. Kettle yeah. of fish. Okay. Yeah, it's fish in a kettle, like you know, lots of them. Sure, word a day calendar. Okay. Yeah. Kettle so, fish. So, the, the again the, the large and, and we're gonna name a band Frog in the Water. Yes. Ah. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though, the frog in the. Never mind. I do. We, yes. Yeah. No, we we get it, and the canary in the coal mine too. So. Um, I had to have somebody actually explain that one to me, but I yeah, it's an older that. reference, but it's still out there. Anyhow, I want you guys, you know, everybody listening, uh, try this experiment. Okay. I try the experiment of the other side is making me angry. Stop for a minute and ask yourself. Why? Well, no, I'm not. It's, not, it's like I say, would 10,000 people get together and act like that person? Like, do they really believe that, you know, you know, because when when somebody projects in the, like the intent of uh you know 
this person, you know, wants to not educate our kids. Like if it's like, hey, I think we should have, you know, the, the schools needed to be closed down and somebody else thinks it shouldn't. And you're like, well, you just don't want to educate our kids. It's like, do you really believe that that's their intent and everybody else? That they were just trying to stop that process from happening? Or is that just kind of a, I'm flipping out, right? How much is of your projection onto somebody else is real? No, oh, that's a good one. Okay, so that's my question. Yeah, we talked are, about that. In the are first you segment. projecting an expectation on somebody else, and is it fair? Is it accurate? Is it real? Because, you know what I think we hear a lot about now? What? Conspiracy theory. Oh. Derek and I talk about this a lot. What's the probability of an like a the conspiracy? Very, very minimal. I mean, the one I'm thinking about is the election. Okay, and I, I'm not a big big fan of getting excited about um, election stuff, but. If we were going to have a conspiracy that caused every single precinct in every single county to, or even a majority of them, to cause something to happen, that would be incredibly hard to do. It would require elections personnel in oh, every county of the nation. So many people. So what are the odds that that actually could occur? Pretty darn remote. Pretty remote. And, and my, so I've kind of taken this position. Do I think that there is voter fraud that exists Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it probably exists. Do I think it's in a large enough scale and scope that it swayed the outcome of the election? Mm. Probably not. And I use the term probably because I've learned better in the digital age and to think it's impossible, but it's really improbable. So I'll leave you with this thought. Probability matters. Like that's how investment decisions get made. So if you were walking around with your calculator, think about it, go, what's the probability? that this could really be pulled off because I can't even get our HOA to agree on stuff. And that's only a few people. So there you go. Well, look, we are out of time for today. So we got to run. Katie, how do they reach us? 541-375-0898. Derek, how do they reach you? 541-677-7185. All right, gang. Thanks. Until next time, this has been Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. We'll catch you later. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.